walk out of uh, the confessional. So when we, that moment when we walk out free of sin and friendship with God is the greatest moment of spiritual danger. Why? Because the devil doesn't bother with people who are still in sin, don't care, don't know. Uh, he's got them where he wants them. And he, you know, that's, he's not going to focus his efforts on, on those he doesn't need to worry about. He's going to focus those efforts on those he does not uh, want to be in that friendship with God, doesn't want to be free of sin. Huh? So that moment you leave the confessional and you're free of sin, greatest friendship with God is the greatest moment of spiritual danger. And I think the devil lays traps for us and we fall into them because that's our default position. What are those traps? It's, it's, it's the trap of the Pharisee. Yeah? This, this self-justification, um, this idea that uh, I'm kind of in control of my spiritual life and I really don't need help even from God. Um, that the rules don't apply to me, this kind of attitude. I'm better than everybody else. And, and that's, that's not a good place to be. It's, it, it, for example, it would be like you struggle with a sin for a long time and then you, be, you, you overcome it. And you've confessed it, you've prayed about it, and all of a sudden you know, that thorn in the, in the flesh that you've experienced and struggled with so for, long, for so long, seems to have gone away. What's the worst thing you can say? Wow, I did it. I did it. I, haven't, I beat it. That's like the worst thing you can do. Because you didn't do it. The Lord did that for you. And the minute you put the Lord off and say, wow, look at me, that's when you're going to stumble again. That's when I'm like, oh, wow. I thought I was doing well and now I'm right back in it. It's because you disassociated yourself or disconnected yourself from the power that allowed you to overcome in the first place. It was not you, it was him. Huh? You know, that, that idea that, thank God I'm not like the rest of these wretched people who have no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm my own, I'm my own, I'm doing it. I've got it going on. And, and l listen to this guy. He says, uh, you know, uh, he took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. He's not even praying. He's talking to himself. He's his own God. He's, he's like, I, I, I don't need Jesus. I don't need help. I don't need my family. I don't need anybody. I got, I'm, I'm superior and I'm, I'm holy and I'm great and I'm awesome. And, and, and that's, that's where the fall comes. It's the trap of the Pharisee. The greatest moment of spiritual danger is when we get out of the confessional and the devil goes after us and he's going to tempt us with the things that we've heretofore struggled with. And if we don't continue to give God the praise and the credit, we're going to fall right back into that sin. Because that's what he wants. So, so the, 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 on, the, on the flip side, the place to be is where the tax collector is. Even though he's a great sinner, he recognizes that he's a great sinner and he recognizes that he can't save himself. He recognizes that he needs Jesus himself. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Like, that's like the best act of contrition you, you can do. It's like, yeah, I go, I, I, Lord, I come before you. I, I'm not worthy, and I can't do this on my own, and I'm struggling, and I need your help. And that's what the Lord does. He will help you then. Not because uh, you deserve it or earn it or, or that somehow... Uh, you, you know, the, that was the thing that you had to do in order for Jesus to pay attention to you? No, it's, this, it's, it's sheer grace that you open your heart and invite him in. See, 
Unforgiveness is a block on grace. God can't work with unforgiveness. God can't work with spiritual pride. God can't work in those places of our life where we are not surrendering to him. God can't work with the attitude, I don't need you, God, because if we say that, there's no room for God to find access, and so God isn't gonna barge in and, and bully his way in and break his way in. He's gonna say, wait, if you don't want me in, I'm not coming in. But if I don't come in, you're not gonna get healed. And you're gonna be trapped in this thing. And you're not gonna get out of it. And you're gonna continually fall into it. Um, you know, the, uh, the idea that uh, there's an unforgivable sin. And we've heard this in scripture, Paul talks about it. The unforgivable sin. Is that, is that to say, there's a sin that I can commit that is so great that God won't forgive it? No, not at all. Not that, no sin like that exists. It's our disposition that creates the unforgivable sin, not God's. So in other words, if, if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to move in my life, and I don't pay attention to the movement of the Holy Spirit in my heart, what does the Holy Spirit do? Holy Spirit convicts me in my conscience of my sins, points them out, and causes me to have contrition and sorrow, and moves me to seek forgiveness. The movement of the Spirit is to convict me and to move me to seek forgiveness for the things that I do wrong. And if I'm in the place of the Pharisee where all I do is speak to myself and not to God, where all I do is serve myself and not seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, then I cannot know that I'm sinful. If I don't know I'm sinful, I can't seek forgiveness. If I don't seek forgiveness, I can't be forgiven. Therefore, there is an unforgivable sin. Isn't that God won't forgive it? It's that I don't seek forgiveness for it. And if I don't seek forgiveness for it, it isn't forgiven. That's why confession is so important. Because it's you and Jesus in the confessional where you are actually saying, the Holy Spirit has convicted me in my conscience and I'm sorry. And here it is. Jesus, you and I are having a conversation. Not the Pharisee talking to himself, but the tax collector talking to, talking to Jesus. Have mercy on me, a sinner. That movement of the Holy Spirit and our obedience to it is the key to our spiritual healing and our ability to overcome and rise above our sins and to share that healing then with other people, which is the point. So maybe we can just do a little prayer right now, if you don't mind. I can pray over you a little bit uh, and over myself because I need prayer too. So we ask you, Almighty God, just to send your spirit upon us uh, to convict us in our sinfulness, in our pride, our arrogance, our obtuse spirit, our difficulty, our, our anger, our prejudice, our, our refusal uh, to work with you. Send your spirit upon us to move in our hearts so that we might see those areas of our life that are broken in need of healing areas of our life where we have cut ourselves off from you because of our pride and our arrogance and our refusal to, to submit to your authority. Lord, show us where we're broken, where we're angry, where we're unforgiving, where we're a block on grace, where we won't accept your authority, where we won't follow your teaching, where we don't uh, give you the praise for all the good that is done in our life and all the healing that needs to take place. Please help us, Lord, to... to uh, 
to know those things. Holy Spirit, show us, convict us. Help us to name it. And in naming it then, we submit it to the authority of Jesus Christ. We give it to Christ. All those negative spirits of arrogance and folly and obtuse spirit and, and, and anger and unforgiveness and resentment and whatever else they might be, we name them and we give them to you, Jesus. We put them in your hands and under your authority for you to place them at the foot of the cross so that you might do with them as you will. Please heal us, Lord. Never stop healing us. You're the doctor. We're the patient. We're the one that's sick. You're the only one who can cure us. Thank you, Jesus, for healing us, for curing us, for loving us, so that we might share that healing, forgiveness, and love with others. Amen.